Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, welcome back. What an unbelievable treat we have today. Harrison Johnson, Director of Operations and Development over at University of Health and Performance. I want to call you the Dean. Because at the end of the day, I, I feel like you're, you're kind of like the dean. What you're doing and the pillars that you've built UHP on, think, train, feel, lead. I want to make sure we get into this today. But again, Harrison, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hey, it's a pleasure. i am uh, been counting down, just like we talked about earlier, circled that date, listening to all the episodes. Thanks for having me. We love when we have Sixers on the podcast. It just makes it a little bit extra sweet. So going from drill sergeant, to director of operations and development isn't like just this linear transition, right? There, there's pieces along the way, and especially your work at FitOps kind of took you there. How did that transition look? Well, firstly, it's not over. You know, I'm a big believer in continual work, continual development. And the second you think you're good to go, that's when something's wrong or you need to move forward in life. Challenge, challenge yourself. But I'll, uh, I'll share a quick story about how challenging it was from day one of my like my introduction to the FitOps Foundation at the time. At the very beginning of getting the opportunity to do the Career Skills Bridge program, actually through SFL TAP, and I'm a big fan, big supporter of that program because I think it's one of the more effective transition programs the military has in the way of putting someone in an opportunity to really and truly get their feet wet in any industry. And the great thing is, and it's not like they're going to market this, but if you don't like what you go and intern as, you can go back and you can be like, oh, that wasn't for me. And you could re-enlist if you want to after a four-month hiatus into the civilian world. But I loved what I had the opportunity to do. And originally, I'd actually went to the governor of Arkansas and I'd sold myself as his first military intern uh, with the generalized mission of finding, developing, recruiting support programs for veterans that focused on the concept uh, and I say concept deliberately of transition. And by the grace of God, I like I'd like to say introduced to the FitOps Foundation through a uh, through a past Rockasan actually, and was given the opportunity to come in. And it was crazy because I was at Fort Leonard Wood. I was on the trail as a drill sergeant, and that morning I actually woke up and did PT with the class we had in cycle at the time. So I led PT from the stand the wonderful PRT sessions we got to run every day and afterwards got in my truck and drove back to Northwest Arkansas to help run my first introduction to the FitOps camp experience. And the men and women, the staff that were there at the time, I got there first and they said they pulled up and immediately saw me standing air quotes like a drill sergeant. And from that moment on, it was a constant you know, battle to shake that mentality, that authoritarian mentality of like, I am the law. And it still is. And it's it's something you've got to battle with as you take that uniform on and off. And I say that metaphorically for the rest of your life. 
And so it's a continued struggle. It's a continuous development. And I, I don't think it'll ever go away because I don't want to forget that chapter of my story. No, absolutely. I know you do a great job of this because this is one of the things that you're constantly talking about, adapting to the world you want to see in front of you and not expecting the world to adapt to you because you're going to constantly have to create your own reality as you go through these different chapters and phases. So now that you've embraced that chapter and moving forward, what do you continue to implement from your time you know, in, in service on a daily basis? Yeah, uh, like you said, I talked about it a lot. And the whole concept of transition, when I tell this part of that story, is it, I talk about the natural way veterans throw all of these things into this institutional bucket that they think of when they think of their military experience. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, all of the good gets tossed in with all the bad. The bad, we can talk about those all day. Those are the easy ones to identify. But it's not until you get out and you really embrace this new chapter of your life as as a veteran that you realize a lot of that institutional rigidity, the structure, the routine, all of those things, if you can't find a way to pull those back into your life, you're going to continue to struggle and you're going to continue to look back at that time in uniform as as just bad. And so the, what I really try to work on implementing is that structure, that routine. But the twist I put on it is I get to choose that structure. I get to choose that routine. And that gets to get focused on self-development or to be trendy, self-care. So I get to focus that, that routine on things I care about most in life. I think it's really important for people to, to look at their life as more than just one thing. Uh, I think everyone knows taking care of yourself is important. Taking care of your family, your household is very important. Taking care of your job, your work, and caring and loving that, that work you do is important. But building in time to yourself uh, or for yourself, you know, for me, I, it was a long time where I tried to like really, like one of the things I threw in that, that bucket was cardio. I told myself for the longest time, like, no one's ever going to make me run again. Can't do it. I gained a lot of weight. I unfortunately actually ets in February 2020, which meant that freedom I was looking forward to so much was taken by the wonderful COVID. So I got locked in my house for a year and didn't embrace a lot of the things that I didn't acknowledge as the good parts of that time in service. And I started running and in about a year, I actually dropped 70 pounds just from running and sticking to a oh, routine wow. and re yeah. So I got up to 260 plus pounds powerlifting and convincing myself that this heavy, high calorie, you know, a high protein diet, I was like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just getting stronger. And I was strong, but I was in pain. Um, and I just, I, I shut it all down. I restructured my entire life and I threw all of those things that I considered the bad parts of the army back into my life. And I slowly took one step at a time to whittle away the bad and the good and keep the good and get rid of the bad. And so I started running, but it's finding those things that you might've said were part of that negative experience. Because I think no matter your transition, there's certain things you're going to throw in that bucket and acknowledging the fact that some of them were good. Some of them were keeping you in line and embracing those and putting them back into your life was one of the best things I ever did for myself. What was the breaking point for you internally when you got, you know, you added 70 pounds, you baited the hook of excuse and you kept going back to it constantly. What really kind of put you over the edge of like, I can't keep living this life. This isn't productive for myself, my family, my job. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, going into COVID, 
the team at FitOps at the time, we'd really been gifted this opportunity to really put some focus. We added some staff members, full-time people that could commit their entire bandwidth to this organization, which was a first for this company uh, or the nonprofit at the time. And I'd really pushed from, and to be clear, I'm not, I'm no longer the director of operations. I've handed that off to a 22 year army sergeant major from Ranger Regiment, and he's killing it. He's out on the campus every day running operations way more effectively than I could ever do it. And I'm definitely not the dean. But at this at this pivot point, while I was still working in operations, which we can talk about a lot, it's part of the transition, operations in the military does not equal operations in the civilian sector. Far different things. Similar, but very different. But I was really focused in on strategy and development. And so I've evolved specifically into business development at this point. But at the time, we were talking a lot about branding because we were coming up with this concept with all of this new bandwidth on the team of UHP. And the origin was actually at the beginning of COVID. So for us, it was a bit of a silver lining being able to take a knee from that operations style where we had 2020 fully planned out. Everything was scheduled. It was the most exciting year for the foundation yet. But I was able to focus on business development. And when we got into this rebranding session, I started looking at, like, for a cliche, practice what you preach. And I was saying something that I wasn't living. I wasn't embracing it. I was making excuses for certain things. I was turning my back to all the good, pairing it with the bad. I was talking about this toolkit all the time. And I I love talking about the toolkit because... Because the easy answer is, no, I'm just adding a new tool to the toolkit. But that's not what transition is. And that's not how to effectively transition. The effective way to transition is to take the toolkit that you've amassed over, in my case, over a decade of service and realize that the tools you've got right then, when you take that uniform off, are more than enough, are more than most people will get in their entire lifetime. The challenge is, is that the screwdriver you put in your toolkit in the Army doesn't look like a screwdriver to a civilian, but it's still a screwdriver. And how do you change what you call, I think you talked about it on a recent podcast, at skill abstraction. How do you call that screwdriver something that everyone here and the clothes we're wearing right now understand how to employ effectively? And so through the rebranding process, the breaking point was really like, am I who I'm telling, who I'm asking the students coming to the program, who I'm asking them to be. Because if not, what am I representing? And so I just put my foot down and it was cold turkey on, I can't, like the list of things that I stopped and started, we needed a much longer form podcast to talk about, but I wanted to be what I was asking the people looking to me for for help in their lives to be themselves. Now, as you said, which I think is something extremely beautiful and powerful, and there's so much we can go back and talk to, but it's really that point of intention. As you transition to the director of business development at UHP, you represented not only the brand, but you became almost one, right? Like what the brand represented is who you are and who you are is what the brand represents. How are you currently challenging yourself in this new role? You know, I think as we evolved and to be clear, the purpose behind the FitOps Foundation was an empowerment model a community model, an educational uh, and disruptive model to traditional education, and a repurposing of 
that toolkit that every veteran walks away from service for or with. And I'm challenging myself now as the team grew and we grew into the University of Health and Performance, which carried over the, the core mission of the foundation. And the foundation still lives, will still thrive and still be an amazing, impactful organization that produces purpose through the power of fitness and community with brands like the university. But the university required a new mindset, a new skill set, a new staff, uh, all types of new things. And as we've grown that staff, I've been exposed to a much different brain, to be simple. And those brains have come from the traditional, you know, MBA style experience. They've come from the clinical psychology world. They've come from very successful business models and business pasts and experiences. And the exposure that working closely with Matt, our, our founder, Matt Hesse, the exposure to these massive amounts of experience and intellect, what it's given me is really yet another way to implement my toolkit and another way to call my screwdriver effective. So, you know, working every day to just listen, not just hear them, but listen, take what I need and go learn that. I can't talk about that toolkit enough. We've got it. We've done it in so many different ways. You know, the, the strategies, the positioning, all of the things that we've done on a regular basis as leaders in the military, those things are done in the business world repetitively, cyclically. And learning yet another vocabulary, another way to be competitive and to stand up for veterans that didn't take a traditional route to success and maybe don't see themselves as traditionally successful, finding yet another way to be an example for those people. I mean, that, that's how I'm challenging myself. If the, the greatest challenge in my life will always be to stand as, even for one person, a beacon of hope, to take off the uniform as that traditionally non-successful candidate for jobs in the civilian sector, to stand as a beacon of hope for even just one person. If Harry did it, I can do it. And if I can get one person to believe in themselves and to turn the page in their book and write a new story, that challenge was well worth it. And this goes back to where we started on the podcast. You talked about, you know, not achieving success. And I think, especially with the work that you're doing at UHP, continues to allow the individual to define what success is, not so much by the institution. Because when they come in through, and I, I would like to just kind of do a quick segue kind of into the course and the program, but taking that individual who might not deem themselves successful from their time in service, how do they then transition after they come through UHP to feeling successful and out going out to make a difference, living that purpose-driven life? Yeah, I think early on in the course, you know, I'm a you know, mid-career NCO, taking over a program that's touching the lives of hundreds of people along the way through the early years. And we bring all types of people in, from celebrities to athletes to veteran influencers to, and I don't like that word, but we'll just be trendy for a minute, but we'd bring them in and they'd be like, how do you guys do this? And I, I, some of the times I didn't have an answer. And I would talk about like the most magical moment of camp still to this day is within the first hour of the students arriving on our campus. And it's always been this way, but within the first hour, you see a bunch of strangers show up and an hour later, they're all laughing. They're all making fun of each other. They're all taking jabs at the different branches and they're all best friends again. And you see this light that did not exist in the people getting off of the bus. And it does within an hour of them being back together. And I talk about 
like-minded people and the power of putting them together and just letting them set the stage, let them grow. And it, it it's just, it, it's magical. Um, but setting the stage, setting up a, a situation where they can grow and learn and then evolving that into what un- the University of Health and Performance is today, the, the curriculum that we talk about, and you mentioned it early on, think, train, feel, and lead. You can't just teach someone something and say, you're good to go. You know, I, t- I talked to someone early on in the, in the course who really embodied what we were talking about. And he was depressed. He was suicidal. He had addiction and substance abuse problems. And he was 100% disabled, had shrapnel all over his body. And he talked about how he was gifted from another organization, a mortgage-free brand new home. And he was like, Harry, I'm this, this, and this, and this. And I woke up this morning and I'm still this, 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 and this in a brand new home. And so the, the difference between giving a man a fish and teaching a man how to fish involves a lot more than either teaching, training, feeling, or leading. And so we've combined four pillars, and that convergence is our purpose. And each one of us has a different one. And so bringing all of those things together, understanding the connection between the mind and the body and the soul, the heart, all of those things, bringing them together, and then truly leading yourself to your own version of success All UHP is doing is setting the stage and creating opportunities for you to find, reveal, and pursue your true purpose in life and find success doing so. When you say setting the stage, right, that's that psychological trust and breaking down a lot of pre-established barriers and minds, both of civilians and veterans, and understanding like all these rocks that I put in my rucksack that at one point I feel like I needed in order to have the right weight to get to where I, I thought I needed to go. I need to start taking not only some, a lot of those out because I I need to start focused, like you said, leading myself first and understanding what defines who I am, not what I'm defined by. And I think that's so powerful because you you did that, right? You did two deployments, 10 years in the army, you got out, you were in a very long bulking phase um, and you realized that that's not who you were. That's not who you are. That's not who Harry is. I think that's so powerful. So as we look at the course, right, what is the kind of timeline we talk like if somebody wants to kind of look into it and start checking it out? Because the campus is actually absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, this first phase, I mean, it's we've got a 16,000 square foot indoor training arena, indoor turf field. The classrooms are attached to the gym. So you've got this seamless interaction between the think pillar, which is the classroom, and the train pillar, which is the application and the practical application of what you're learning. And we've got four dormitories. Uh, they sleep 20 per. And we've got our staff facility where we've built our initial dining facility. Where we've just broken ground on a massive culinary institute. So foot stomp for phase two of our, our curriculum. But the application is really simple. You just go to the website. Once I get your name and number, I'm going to reach out to you. I'm just going to let you guys know. Uh, you want to come to camp, you're going to hear from me. But the camp itself, the cornerstone course, which is our core offering, which everyone going through University of Health and Performance will go to initially because it is that revelation phase, that introduction to the community, um, that introduction to what we call our purpose blueprint, which will be implanted within the middle of every course we offer and build that continuity and the purpose portion of our, our course. But you come for 21 days. You live on camp. You live alongside our coaches on our campus. 
within our curriculum and you become a part of our community. That's our four C's. You enroll in the course and you, you gain access to uh, online optional modules so you can really set the stage and hit the ground running when you come to camp. But the campus, the 21 days is designed to really take you from zero to veteran hero. And we do everything in our power to make sure that you are established and ready to go and empowered to be the best version of yourself the second you leave our, leave our course. And one of the, for me, one of the best parts of our program is graduating UHP is not the end of the experience. I've talked about the, the future courses coming up, the continued education that you get to choose the path of. It's not, these are the 12 classes that will lead to your success, like the traditional education model. It's what matters to you, what's your version of success, and how do we help you get there? But the best thing about our program, in my opinion, this is from like a pure veteran point of view, is you get access to a lifelong graduate support and alumni network, continued coaching, constant access to workshops, mental health counseling, coach, whatever you need, we've got your six. The course itself, you just got to apply. You're going to hear from us. We're going to get you activated. We're going to get you into the online stuff. You're going to get introduced to the coaches. And one of the cool, other cool things, and I'll just mention this. So we have our full-time staff. We've got clinical psychologists. We've got strength and conditioning coaches. We've got counselors. We've got educators. We've got business professionals. We've got all of these people on our campus. And then the frontline educator in each of our courses is a returning graduate assistant. So we bring graduates that have really embodied our our ethos, our values, our purpose, gone out into the world, taken it by storm, and we invite them back to be a little bit of a pay it forward. We pay them, but we bring them back so that they're that frontline educator. They get experience and they get trained on how to be group instructors, teachers, instructors, and they become an even more integral part of our community. So it's this, it's an immersive experience and this virtuous circle that Matt has envisioned and created and empowered through all of us, every one of the students, every one of the employees, this virtuous circle has, he's created will undoubtedly change what I think is all of our approach to education. And I'm, I'm just excited to be here for it. Force multipliers. Oh, absolutely. As we wrap up as a sixer, you know, a question's coming up. Harrison Johnson, Harry Johnson. How are you better today than yesterday? You know, even doing podcasts like this, I think the answer every day will always be that I'm one step closer to to finding and understanding my own purpose in life. Not as an employee of UHP, not as an employee of FitOps in the past, not as a soldier, but as Harrison. One of my favorite books ever is, is called The One Thing. And the tagline is, is what's the one thing you can do right now that gets you one step closer, actionable steps? What is the one thing you can do right now to get you closer to where you want to be in life? And if this is a part of the book, but if you're not taking that, then where are you going? And so, you know, my answer will always be if I'm doing my thing, I'm one step closer to finding my purpose and living it. And we are so grateful you continue to do your thing. We will make sure in the show notes we link to UHP, the application. Where else can people connect with you if they want to learn more about you? Well, if you want to see some dad jokes and memes, hit up the Instagram platform at the Harrison Johnson. If you want to learn a little bit more about the professional side of transitioned Drill Sergeant Johnson, go to LinkedIn. 
uh, and search Harrison Johnson. I'm there and I'm uh, sharing little tidbits of insight and lessons learned uh, very regularly. And I look forward to connecting with any and all of you. Hit me up. We appreciate it. Again, thank you so much for sharing your strategies, your methods, your tips. And as you said, thanks for having our six, brother. Really appreciate it. Anytime, Tony. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.